Inestec and Ingenieria Radio present Inestec Science Pit, a monthly signature dedicated to decode science and technology trends. Inestec Science Bits, decoding science bit by bit. Hello, welcome to another episode of Inestec Science Bits, in partnership between Inestec and Ingenieria Radio. Well, we are all at home, so get comfy and come with us on this journey to get to know the latest trends in science and technology. Today we are going to talk about smart cities, and for that we invited two Inestec researchers. David Rua, welcome David, from Power and Energy Systems Center, and Fabio Coelho from High Assurance Software Laboratory. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation. I trust we are comfortable in your hopefully smart home. Is it, David? Hi, Patricia. Good morning. So, Hi. first of all, thank you very much for the invitation to participate in this uh, conversation. Um, not really. I, I'm not part <laughs> of a smart home, but uh, I'm part of those that try to adopt smart behavior. So. Um, mm -hmm. My house is a, a least one, so there's a, a few limitations in the in the hardware and software that I can install here and use. But uh, it's also part of the challenge that we're trying to address uh, in uh, in our challenges in our work here. So hopefully we'll get to talk about this uh, throughout our conversation. Of course. And what about you, Fabio? Yeah, uh, like David, first of all, hello to everybody, to all, all of our listeners. Thank you all, Patricia, for the, for the invitation to be to be here. Uh, yes, I'm comfy. Uh, as David, my house is not the smartest one at this point, but this is, as David said, this is also the challenge to look at what we are living in at our houses and planning for the future. So be welcome. But Thank when you. it comes down to urban intelligence and smart cities, we are addressing a much more complex concept, not just about smart homes or buildings. Um, David, please explain to us what smart cities really are. Well, Patricia, smart cities is a very a broad concept. Um, I would say that in my view, um, smart cities are distinguished by regular cities. Um, well, due to the digitalization process that they are um, undergoing, which means that they are integrating several ICT platforms and several devices, several systems um, that will allow the, the cities to integrate different sensing uh, schemes, different controlling platforms and so forth, to integrate several systems infrastructures of the city. Uh, as you know, the cities are composed of many things, such as buildings, uh, and within buildings we have, we have plenty of differences between them. We have also mobility, we have energy management, waste management, and at the end we have end users. And the way we nowadays look at uh, smart cities uh, is in fact in the use of these uh, digital platforms and to use ICT tools to interconnect several domains. There are many more that we can talk about today. But these are, and in my case specifically, given my link to the Center for Power and Energy Systems, energy management and energy efficiency is something that we are looking uh, very keen on uh, implementing in smart cities with different solutions uh, that we are developing. Yeah, and there are many challenges that you try to overcome together while taking advantage of your own professional skills. For example, David, you once told me about one of the challenges, which is related to the city of Evra. 
Evra is a UNESCO World Heritage, so it's more demanding for you to come up with solutions. For example, and correct me if I'm wrong, installing solar panels and alterating facades is out of the question, isn't it? It is. Um, well, Evra is in fact a UNESCO World Heritage City, and uh, this means that there are some restrictions in terms of uh, the installation of some of the solutions that you typically see in other cities, uh, namely the ones that you mentioned, Patricia, mm -hmm. which is, for instance, integration of the PV panels uh, and also other solutions for even the, the installation of, of buildings which is not typically allowed. So um, one of the, restriction, the restrictions of this kind of cities is that you cannot um, change the way the, the facade of the buildings is built. Even in the rooftops, uh, the way the roofs are also perceived and look uh, on the outside, they cannot be changed. So we're looking also um, with our partners to, uh, to find solutions that are able to um, disrupt uh, the, the least possible or not to throw up at all, that's the, the main point. What it is, the, the, the concept of the architecture established within the, the, the cities. And Evra is a case where we have also, um, as a mission to deploy several of our solutions that we're developing. Um, and the, the challenge there is in fact to integrate because one of the issues with cities is the, the, the underlying limitation on having local generation, especially um, the renewable based generation, because you can never, fully sustain the needs from a city. You can do is walk towards efficiency and make sure that from one side you you look for actions that allow you to improve your energy efficiency overall and try to integrate also renewable generation uh, in a distributed manner. So the challenge is uh, it's quite high. Um, we have ways of uh, introducing um, these systems and most of all to look for solutions that fit this kind of cities. The main message is if we manage to, to accomplish this in such demanding cities such as Evora, which is again a UNESCO World Heritage City, um, it's easier to implement on, on other cities. Yes, challenging. Uh, Fabio, you focus your work and research on end-user matters. We've all heard about big data, blockchain, cloud, which are like buzzwords in our daily lives, but how can all these concepts help creating smarter users and sponsor IoT environments? Well, Patricia, actually these buzzwords are definitely in our language uh, every day now. Uh, this that David was saying, dealing with the smart cities and dealing with all of this, it's it's inevitable that we are talking about ICT systems and many of these systems are using these, these distributed components. And so when we talk about big data, when we talk about blockchain and cloud, in essence, we are talking about distributed systems, which is a, a core feature of the work that I've been that I've been taking under our under, under our group. It goes more than the use uh, the end user matters. It actually covers the, the full spectrum of the of the application. But in essence, when we are talking about big data and cloud, we are talking about a set a large set of computers all connected to, to each other, and usually they are providing means to to reach a, a common a common goal. So here uh, in the smart cities, what we want to what we want to focus and we what we want to uh, attend to is this fact that we are now having a large set of of devices uh, that are controlling homes, that are collecting data, that are taking actions. 
all of them are part of, of the electric distribution grid, but they are all part also of this ICT, ICT grid. Uh, and in essence, uh, IoT, IoT environments are provide here a, a very good array of, of use cases and factors that we want to, to improve here. And one of them is the interoperability in, in itself. Many of these devices are talking in their uh, own ecosystems. They have their own protocols. And this is something that for you as an, as an end user, uh, puts some harm on when, when you want to buy a device when you want to install it in your home, we want to make sure that uh, it makes use of this full ecosystem of platforms of services that uh, that we are working on it that you want to and to, to attend. So the interoperability here is a key feature that we are that we are working on as as a distributed component in an ICT system is something that is very that is very important. Of course, end users will, uh, in the end, uh, take value from the convenience, from having services uh, that have uh, impact done on their own data. And this is this is very important. And this is why we are working hard to make that all of these devices in, in homes are interoperable and actually can exchange data seamlessly. And this is part of our mission on building reliable software that, that works and that takes full advantage here of all of these big concepts that, that, that you have just uh, mentioned as buzzwords. And as you said, it's true that these tools help communities reach a sustainable life more easily. However, when we have to take into account that they involve personal data and cybersecurity issues, which are sensitive points, uh, what, what can we do for overcome that? Well, actually, Patricia, you touch a very important part, which is security, cybersecurity, but in, in my personal case, even privacy. I think that users nowadays, they are uh, gaining and earning a, a very good awareness that uh, anything comes for free when we are talking about these uh, ICT platforms and these in, in social media and all of this. Usually what we are uh, collecting here and the through monetization that these platforms have is on your own data. And so we must be really aware as end users of a, of a platform, but also uh, as the ones building these, these ICT systems and these platforms, that data is, is not only what provides us and enables us to do more, but it's, it is also what users are uh, leaving and what they are providing to it. And so users need to be really, uh, really in control of what their data is used for. And so this is something that for us working on these on these projects that just want to expedite the use of data in the in these ICT platforms, we want to really make sure that the user is fully aware uh, of what the, their data is being used for. And this is also a very, a very important part. We've all heard about the GDPR, the General Data Regulation, uh, that has just entered our lives um, a little bit uh, a, a year ago. This has a huge impact on this. And of course, also the cybersecurity part. We are dealing here with a multitude of ICT platforms, each one deployed in their own ecosystem. We want to make them interoperable. So it's inevitable that they will have to talk with each other, share data with each other. And so cybersecurity is also a very uh, keen and important part here. Beyond the projects that we'll almost for sure talk a little bit about in more, in more depth, uh, we have been working a lot on this, also connected to the cloud, as, as we were just uh, talking just on the previous question. 
cloud is not only about having data being computed in many ways in this transparent concept that uh, that we all are now acquainted acquainted with but it has also this in impact I have been working a lot on on this on the on these topics on how to provide you these systems on how to provide you the ability for the user uh, to control the, the, their data usage and to empower the user to have this type of the of this of this decision but of course the impact that this decision from the end user has on the services that we are that we are uh, making available okay so this is a very important part when we are dealing with this transversal uh, type of projects but also with this field as david is uh, is, is just discussing which is the the power grid which is a critical infrastructure and so when we are dealing with this critical infrastructure this question is even more important and thanks to your work and the work of other researchers, Inescaq has been contributing for the development of smart cities, not only in Portugal, but also in Europe. David, you told us about his contribution a while ago when you talked about Evra, but on a more technical level, what have you been developing and testing? Mm -hmm. Um, Patricia, uh, in fact, we've been um, developing several solutions in the scope of our center, Power and Energy, uh, related with the use of um, renewable sources, uh, increasing energy efficiency overall if from the grid side and also from the building side. And um, specifically in the scope of uh, the smart cities and in the scope of uh, building integration and renewable integration, we have been developing um, smart uh, bidirectional inverters, for instance, which roughly translate to a system that is able to accommodate uh, PV panels for local production of energy and also to articulate that energy production with local storage. So the same system is able to collect energy from the PV panels installed at the rooftops and store it within the batteries. But we're doing uh, many things more, which is, for instance, to include also and to make use of, of um, uh, home energy management systems, which are um, hardware and software tools that allow the, the end users uh, via this digitalization process to make use of their own applications to manage um, the energy inside their households in a more efficient way. And when you combine this kind of developments, uh, like uh, um, the system, like the home energy management system, and uh, the existence of PV panels, alongside with other devices that you may have also in your household, which are the EVs, which by the way, we also work a lot and for many years, on studying the integration of electric vehicles on the grid side overall to minimize the impact on the grid, but also on the buildings with the, the integration of smart uh, electric vehicle chargers. When you couple all this together with an entity that is able to manage this at the building perspective, you can increase the way you have um, energy efficiency actions established in your household. So if you have um, a brain like the home management system looking at the preferences of the users, looking at the characteristics of the, the devices and system that you have available um, in your household. Um, you can then establish uh, ways of improving the operation of your system overall and to take advantage of the flexibility uh, in your own household. 
Um, it's easy to understand this on a simple example, which is, for instance, the case of um, uh, PV production in most of the cases is not being aligned or not being aligned with the actual availability to consume that energy. We either store it in a battery uh, or we can um, use specific appliances or systems to be shifted to a time where we have PV production. At noon, for instance, you have peak production, but most of the times, and for many of us, this is precisely uh, the time where we are working outside of our household. So if you have these systems within your uh, buildings, within your households that can allow you to automatically select and to pass on this uh, opportunity for you to adopt uh, a more efficient behavior, it's part of our, I would say, DNA. Uh, overall, I would say that, uh, as Fabio mentioned a while ago, um, the end users is the centerpiece here, and it's one of the challenges for us is to actually find ways of uh, engaging the end user to make the end user understand that there's a better way and there's an opportunity within the um, the infrastructure that he owns and the system that he has, and also to look for ways of um, uh, improving and to uh, incentivize that those end users um, purchase more efficient equipment. Um, for those users that start adopting electric vehicles, uh, for them to consider, for instance, PV panels if they can. So uh, we're looking for uh, very different systems and very different technologies that we're developing for the buildings and beyond the buildings. Just to, to finish um, this point from my side, um, as Fabio mentioned, there's this interoperability, which is something underlying all of this uh, connectivity between devices, systems and end users. It's important that in the scope of uh, smart cities, we are able to reach two things. Um, most, uh, the most important one is to improve the quality of life of people, that people perceive that all of this digitalization is useful for them, especially uh, currently that we're facing this big challenge and having to, to work at home, that we use technology in our behalf and it's actually working to improve our way of working, our way we're living, of living. And coupled with that, to look for a sustainable way of using energy. So more and more energy consumption is, is increasing. So we need to find uh, smart solutions to deal with this and we need to be more efficient. This is where all of these solutions and developments fit in. The work from home is a nice point to, to come up to this conversation because I think it's impossible not to address today's scenario and the impact of the virus on our daily lives. Would smart cities be more prepared to overcome these global challenges, Fabio? I think that overall, the concept of smart cities, as David was just, just mentioning, is to empower the user to have all of this array of systems that in the end wants to make um, and wants to be more convenient, wants to provide consumers with, uh, with different possibilities. And so I think that nowadays, as you said, with, with, this current, with these current situations, smart cities are providing these, these type of platforms. But even the, all of the other platforms that we are already using in nowadays, like video conference, like all of these uh, applications that we have on our mobile phones that is our day-to-day -day life, all of these capabilities to have uh, electronic payments at ease being done from the palm of our hands. I think that all of these things our concepts and our uh, platforms and services that we have been using so far, but probably only now 
under this situation where we have our movement a little bit more more controlled and restricted that we probably start to paying a little bit more attention to all of these to all of these things that enables us and free us from going to to places and really decentralize uh, all of these all, all of these types of services and things that that we wanted to do for so for definitely on that axis these type of platforms are very important to help us cope uh, in these uh, difficult in this difficult situation and my personal expectation and belief and, and experience is that it, they can truly help uh, and i think that after this this threat is uh, overcome we'll have also a very a clear view on how these all platforms that enables us to to work and to live together and to deal with our daily lives in a more decentralized way will definitely and i'm most of sure of, of that uh will change the way that we will live a little bit uh, ahead in time so definitely there is a lot of potential on this type of, of, of platforms and, and, and services. And definitely I think that users, well, currently they are being kind of forced uh, so to say uh, to to use this because they are confined, but I think that uh, they can. It's it's a nice also a nice opportunity, a bright side uh, looking onto this and to uh, unlock many of these technological possibilities that for a large majority of people were not on their daily to daily work and personal lives. So I think that in that way, it's this is also a, a positive side to to look at. Do you agree, David? Uh, completely. Um, in fact, Fab is mentioning one uh, one of the points here, and even uh, in our activity mm -hmm. in uh, research and innovation, um, one of these points is to focus, uh, as Fabio mentioned, on the end user and this seamless integration of technology and innovation into our daily lives. It's actually something really important. As Fabio was mentioning, this uh, only comes to play in our minds when you're actually confronted with the, the current situation and actually realizing that, well, if we didn't have all this technology, uh, for sure the way we interact with each other, even right now, would be completely different. So this is also one of the missions that clearly comes out from this um, and also in the back of our minds, uh, which is to make sure that technology is readily available for the end users that this interoperability challenge does not create the loopholes um, mm -hmm. to prevent innovation and systems from existing and to be available for the end user and to foster competitiveness. And at the end, uh, as it was mentioned already from this conversation, that the quality of life from uh, um, end users, from uh, consumers, from users, uh, it's actually improved. And this is only achieved uh, with this digitalization process. I believe we can say this episode was definitely smart. Thank you both. Uh, good luck for your projects. We are rooting for you to transform our cities into smart cities, more comfortable, more efficient and more positive. For all of you who are listening, thank you very much. We shall meet again soon for another insightful conversation about science and technology. Inestec and Ingenieria Radio present Inestec Science Pit, a monthly signature dedicated to decode science and technology trends. Inestec Science Bits, decoding science bit by bit.